Ladies and gentlemen, it is 2024, and that is a good time to learn a new language, or at least have your child learn a new language if you're a parent. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about the top three, in my opinion, the top three languages that kids, or even adults, in the United States should be learning, aside from, of course, English and Spanish, because we're at the point where Spanish is like almost a second language in the U.S., I think that by like 2050, it's going to be like 40% of the population speaks Spanish. It's almost like an official second language. I can't remember the exact stats. But uh, of course, you know, if you're an only English speaking household, then the obvious best language, in my opinion, to learn besides English is Spanish. Okay, it's just based on numbers, based on its use in the U.S. It's obvious. So I'm going to talk about three other ones here. Okay. I'm going to rank them in order of what I think the most useful will be for your child or even yourself going forward over the next few decades. Now, this is my opinion, okay? Don't get offended if your language isn't on the list. I'm also going to talk about a couple others at the end that didn't make the list of the top three and why I chose the ones I chose and blah, 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 okay? But here we go. So top three languages that I think that your child or even yourself should learn, aside from English and Spanish living in the U.S. nowadays. Number three is Arabic, okay? I ordinarily probably would not have picked this. Now, I speak Arabic. I learned Arabic in college, and I speak kind of a Jordanian Levantine version of Arabic, okay? I wouldn't, if, I, if you'd asked me a couple of years ago, I probably wouldn't have even said this, because in the words of one of my friends, who's from Tunisia, um, and they speak Arabic, he said, Arabic's a dead language, man. It's a dead language. And what he means by that is that there's a language that they call modern standard Arabic or al-fusha, as they pronounce it in Arabic, which it's, it's not like a dead language, but nobody speaks it nowadays. It's like a very formal version of Arabic that you kind of still hear in the news and is, you know, basically used in the Quran. Quranic Arabic is like a whole other thing. Um, but it's very formal and nobody really speaks the modern version of Arabic. Now, Arabic is also very complicated because there's like five or six kind of main dialects that are divided into multiple countries. And they're, they're you know, they can understand each other, but they're very different from one another. So Arabic itself is a very complicated language. Um, not very many people in day-to-day -day life speak like the standard version of it. They all speak their own dialects, which are very, very different from standard Arabic. And, you know, I think among... Okay, so the reason I am putting it in the top three is because it's still probably between fourth and sixth. I think it's maybe fourth or fifth as far as the most commonly spoken languages in the world. And it's a language that's still very useful in terms of... If you go to the Middle East, if you go to any of the 22 or whatever it is, Arabic-speaking countries, yes, there are people who speak English. Yes, English is somewhat widely understood depending on the country, but not that much. If you learn, and Arabic's a hard language too, but if, you, if you're able to learn, you know, good conversational Arabic, you can go to a lot of different countries of the world. Uh, you know, it's roughly 22 countries, I think, still, where Arabic is the native language, and you know, it's, it's useful to you when you go there. It's a large region of the world. It's still, long story short, a language that's spoken by tons and tons of people and tons and tons of people who don't necessarily speak that good of English on average. Of course, if you're doing, you know, high-level business executive meetings in Dubai or Saudi Arabia, yeah, you're going to be working with people who speak English. But wide variety of these other Arabic-speaking countries where your Arabic would be very useful. Um, so, yeah, I think, and as far as, like, what version of it to learn 
Well, it doesn't hurt to know modern standard Arabic, but then, you know, other than that, just like pick a dialect that you think, oh, I'm probably going to go to that country or that would be cool, you know, whatever. There's different ways to do it. But I do think that Arabic is still a useful enough language to learn. And also, I would say this is a little bit of a controversial statement, but I also think that religion is kind of on the rise around the world. Islam is, well, Islam has been growing. It's probably the, you know, fastest growing religion in the world. It has been for a long time. Um, it's still technically behind Christianity in terms of number of followers, but Islam is strong. It's not going anywhere. And um, it's very, you know, just a, such a huge important part of the Islamic religion is the Arabic language. So uh, yeah, learning Arabic is very, very valuable um, still. And I've kind of changed my tune on that because I wouldn't have actually said that a few years ago. I would have said, eh, it's not that big of a deal anymore, but I still think it's useful. So second one that I'm putting on this list, okay, second in order of most important is <clears throat> Mandarin Chinese, okay? Mandarin Chinese, now, it's technically the most commonly spoken language in the world in terms of number of native speakers. Uh, English technically is the most common in terms of total speakers because there's so many second language speakers of English. Um, but I believe, you know, I believe it is in the rankings in terms of number of native speakers. I mean, Mandarin's far and away number one, and I believe is Spanish second now? in terms of total number of native speakers around the world? I can't remember. Now, you can make the argument that it's not that important to learn Mandarin Chinese, um, just because it's only spoken in you know, mainland China, as I understand it. And by the way, I, I don't speak Mandarin. I studied it for a little while, like seven, eight years ago. Didn't really like it or care that much. And then I'm just like, ah, screw it. I don't really want to do this. And it's tough. Um, it's about the same level of difficulty as learning Arabic, for example. Um, now it's, you know, as I understand it, basically only spoken in mainland China. They also have Cantonese, which I'm not really familiar with the differences. I think they're kind of mutually intelligible. Um, so, you know, should you or your child, for example, learn Mandarin Chinese, knowing that on the one hand, it's the most commonly spoken native language in the world, but on the other hand, it's only kind of spoken in mainland China. And I think I'm not positive, but I think that most Chinese business leaders are pretty good at English anyway. Like it might not even benefit you from like a, you know, business standpoint. I don't really know. I'm not really sure about that. Um, so like the point is, is it a useful language to learn if you're not gonna like literally go to China? Well, that's a little bit up in the air. I don't know, but I think that it's still, you know, just looking at what China's doing in the global economy. I mean, you know, we could make the geopolitical argument that the U.S. is no longer the world's superpower anymore, which, you know, it's kind of really not on an economic level. Um, China is arguably the most powerful country in the world for, you know, for different reasons. At this point, it's it's a useful language to learn. Long story short, okay? Um, yeah, so I put Mandarin Chinese second on the list. Now, first on the list... And the interesting thing is if you round out these, if you, if, you, like if you get these three, or if your child, say your child wants to be a polyglot, someone who learns multiple languages, well, you know, if you start with English and Spanish in particular, you know, you're off to a good start. And then if you add these three that I'm saying, you kind of got like almost the whole globe covered and you've also got like the range of languages covered. So for example, if you know Spanish, then it's very easy to know, for example, Portuguese and Italian. If you know well, let's leave Spanish out of it since I was only going with, you know, these three that I'm putting on my list. So if you know Arabic, then it's much easier to learn languages like, um, you know, Farsi, Turkish, Hebrew, uh, other languages that are close to Arabic, even Somali. We have a big Somali population in Minnesota. If you know Chinese, well, it probably makes it easier to learn things like Korean. I'm making a poor argument for this. 
And then if you learn the last one on the list, it helps you out with a bunch of other languages as well. But okay, okay. So the last one on this list, this will come as a surprise to some people who know me very well because I speak this language decently. Well, I kind of suck at it actually. And I don't like the people from this country and that is French, okay, France. The reason that I'm putting French as number one on this list is the la of the languages that you or your child should learn besides English and Spanish is not in any way because uh, I think they should go to French and meet French people. No, no, no. French people suck. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can do that if you want. It's still a good country. I mean, if they didn't have the French people, it would be like the best country in the world. It's like, you know, it's, it's got cool um, historical stuff, beautiful places, you know, decent enough weather, better than where I live in Minnesota anyway. Um, you can travel a lot from there through Europe and everything. It's just the French people. They're kind of a-holes. Okay, it's a stereotype, but it's a real stereotype. Okay. Um, but the reason that I still put French on this list as, well, number one, or like the third most important language to know if you live in the U.S. behind English and Spanish, is just because in terms of number of total speakers around the world, the French influence is still very, very high. So you have numerous countries in Africa where French is spoken, um, well, places like Haiti, parts of Canada. I don't know what the deal is with Canada, really. I've never even figured it out. You know, like, yeah, some of them speak French. They obviously speak English, too. Uh, I, I haven't figured out the whole game there in terms of what parts of Canada actually speak French and which ones don't and why, you know, why it matters, but whatever. Um, but French is still a very commonly spoken language uh, throughout many different parts of the world. And if you want to go, you know, you can travel, just a lot of places you travel, French is going to be spoken. There are a lot of people in this world who speak French, not necessarily as their native language, but there are still a lot of people who speak French and don't really speak very good English, okay? I know, for example, this exists in a lot of parts of Africa, obviously in France, you know, France is a big country in and of itself. Um, so it's still a very useful language. And this is another one that I would have originally said, like, nah, screw French, whatever, they're a-holes, plus, like, there's not actually that many native speakers, blah, 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 whatever. But I still think, just based on its global influence, that French is... No, I would put it number one still on the other languages you should learn if you live in the U.S. besides English and Spanish. Now, obviously, all this depends on where you want to go, right? If you're going to Japan, learn Japanese. Duh. Don't learn French if you're going to Japan. Stupid. You know this. Okay, so a couple that didn't make the list. First one that didn't make the list that's a big one is Russian, for example. Russian didn't make the list just because, well, Russia's not quite as powerful on the world scale as China, in my opinion, and we're not in the Cold War anymore. So, um, yes, it does have a large number of native speakers. Uh, Hindi did not make the list. I can't remember where Hindi ranks on the list of total native speakers. The reason I don't put it on the list is just because, like, like, in my experience, now, India is a massive country. It's growing. It's the second most populated country in the world behind China. From a language standpoint, it's kind of weird. I haven't really figured it out. I don't know that much about India or about Hindi, but I know that there's many, many different languages that are actually spoken depending on what part of India you go to. Uh, I know that a lot of Indians, you know, the more well-educated ones speak English and almost like speak English as a first language. I just don't know how useful Hindi actually is, you know? Um, like, I think if you compare the two massive countries, China and India, learning Chinese probably seems like a more useful option. Um, so that's why I didn't put Hindi on the list. Another one that I considered putting on the list that I do speak is Portuguese, uh, particularly Brazilian Portuguese. So in terms of, like, number of native speakers, there's, like, you know, it's, like, seventh in the world. It's, like, it's like right on par with, like, Russian, for example, I think. 
I think there are probably, I don't know if it is, if there's more native Russian speakers or native Portuguese speakers. Um, obviously, if you're going to Brazil or if you live in like Fort Lauderdale, Florida, <laughs> or like parts of the East Coast, like New Jersey, there seems to be a lot of, uh, you know, Brazilian Portuguese speakers in those areas of the U.S. If you go to Florida, learn Portuguese. <laughs> learn Spanish and then Portuguese. But, um, yeah, and, and, you know, there's like, whatever, 200, is it 200 million almost to live in Brazil? And Brazil's a great country, still my favorite second country outside of the U.S. Um, you know, it's a valuable language. I just decided to leave it off. I was debating in my head if I should put Portuguese or Arabic on the list in terms of number three. You could split hairs, but I just figured that Arabic is maybe a little bit more useful on like a global scale. Because really outside of Brazil and Portugal, well, there's a couple African countries. What is it? Mozambique and... Oh, God, is it Angola? Yeah, that speak Portuguese. I might be missing one or two. But, um, you know, let's be real. You guys aren't going to those countries. You guys aren't even going to Portugal. <laughs> you guys might be going to Brazil. Um, but it's a useful language. And um, so there you go. That's what I would put it. I would, I would order it Arabic third, Mandarin Chinese second, French uh, first. But, of course, you know, uh, Spanish would be the, the main one that I think people should still be learning as a second language in the U.S., and improve your English. Like, my English sucks too, you know? We gotta improve our grammar and stuff. But that's another topic for another day. Okay, talk again soon. Love y'all. Peace.